Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cape Sports Now, our fourth episode of our second season of sorts. Uh, my name is Steve Dedarian, alongside Matt Goisman. Matt, seems like we're off to a, uh, we were just talking in there. It seems like the season, it is underway, but it really hasn't. We've had some games where there have been good contests, but mm-hmm. we're really, I think, looking forward to what's on the horizon here. And some of these matchups going forward really definitely caught our attention coming up this week. Absolutely. You know, we have the start of league play and conference play for a lot of teams across all sports. Most football teams, they spend their first two or even three weeks playing non-conference teams. And Mm -hmm. we have a lot of conference showdowns that are going to start happening in that. We're seeing the start of league play in sports like field hockey and soccer. The Cape and Islands teams have been going at it all summer, all fall rather, because it's a big conference and they have to get all their games in. Uh, but the the one that really jumps out to me tonight is not a league game, but it is one of the biggest volleyball games of the year by far. Uh, it is Barnstable at Newton North tonight at uh, 5.30 p.m. This is a rematch of the Division I state semifinals last year, and this is going basically going to be a match between maybe the two best teams in the state. Yeah, absolutely. I was at the at the semifinal last year. Newton North really looked dominant, and it was kind of weird because Barnstable had been playing so well all year, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden have that kind of flipped on them, and and have done what they had done to other opponents this year was was definitely odd. So it's certainly a match that you know seniors Riley James Ingram Murphy, their leaders have thought about for a while now. Absolutely, and I think they want their their piece of revenge again it's only the regular season so you're not going to win a state championship just by winning this match i mean just like the whole jacksonville jaguars thing they think they won the super bowl yeah, exactly. <laughs> they won no, last night i mean you know this this match it, it means it means it, it is a measuring stick of where mm-hmm. your team is right now and are you ready to beat the best teams the best the state has to offer yeah Sure, you know, we'll see where that is, but it's certainly not the end-all be-all, regardless of how this match ends up tonight. No, a couple of years ago, Barnstable lost to the team that they beat in, I believe, the state finals. Not So not last year, not the year before, but the three years ago. So right. this then, does sometimes happen. And then last year, they beat Newton North in the regular season, 3-0, and then they got swept in the uh, state semifinals. So, yeah, you want to win this game. It doesn't tell you everything, but it will certainly tell you a lot um, on where both teams are at. The big difference is Newton North has a, a senior uh, right side hitter and setter named uh, Ashley Wang. She did not play in that regular season uh, match last year, and she did in the semifinals, and she was really the, the difference in it. She's 6'2". She's really tall and really good. She plays club uh, with Smash Volleyball, which Riley James is also a part of. You know, with, uh, with uh, the Red Raiders this year, so Riley James is leading the team with She's got 43 kills and nine aces. Ingrid Murphy is right behind her in kills and actually has 11 aces. Tegan James has slotted real nicely into that starting setter spot with uh, 91 assists and 10 aces. And Josie DeLuga, who is a transfer this year, has 22 digs. And she's uh, got every serve that's been at her way. She hasn't committed a serve-receive error yet. So she is 
you know, fitting into that program real well. Yeah, you mentioned serving, you know, that that's going to be a real key. But I really think it's going to be errors. I mean, in the semifinal mm-hmm. last year, Barnesville had 20 errors on the attack alone. Yep. And, and 11 I, service errors. Right. And New North doesn't come into this undefeated, did you know? They yeah. they were there 2 and 1. They lost their opener to Walpole. Walpole thank you. Um and the other two wins were didn't go in three sets. I mean, mm-hmm. they, one was 3-2, one was 3-1. So that comes to tell me that this team is I'm not going to say not talented, but maybe a little vulnerable. And I think if Barnstable can play as error-free volleyball as possible, they, they should win this match and, and go back, uh, go home with a 4-0 record. I agree. I mean, last year, Newton North's only loss of the year was to Barnstable. And this mm-hmm. year, they've already lost one, you know, so, and they haven't even played him yet. So and I believe the year before that, excuse me, um, I believe the year before that, I think Barnstable beat Newton North in the final. Yes. In the state final, that is. And these teams going back, you know, I, I believe Bars was like a 6-5 and five all-time record over the last you know, the meetings of these mm-hmm. teams, you know, going back the last few years. So, I mean, it's right down the middle. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of programs year after year that are really strong. Barnstable is obviously one of them. Mm-hmm. Newton North is very clearly one another one. Right. Hopkinton is always pretty good. You know, Andover usually mm-hmm. is pretty good. Uh, you know, has a good chance to win. You know, their sectional and look out for Walpole now. I mean, yeah. they were fourteen and five in the regular season last year. Made, I believe, the sectional semifinals, something like that. You know, and the Bay State League is pretty good. You know, Brookline's not bad. My hometown, mm-hmm. they've got at least one player who, you know, some of the teams that the papers that have covered them thinks could be really good. So we'll see if Newton North gets battle tested in their conference uh, and how that prepares them for the playoffs. Right. Um, and you mentioned Joe Luga real quickly. Definitely a nice fill-in player. I yeah. mean, those digs, which are so important to extending, you know, yeah. extending rallies and you know, keeping your team, and especially a player like Wang. I don't think, I don't think Deluga has ever gone up at least on varsity level against a player like no, that. No, I so don't think so. I, that'll certainly be a big test to see how many of those kills you can possibly, you know, keep from hitting the ground. And if they go after her with their serves, if they can control their serves enough, yeah. are they going to target her or? You know, because Riley James is a very good back row passer, and so is Ingrid Murphy. So who are they going to go after? And they might go after the transfer from a D2 school. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, again, that's 5.30 p.m. tonight, Monday. And, uh, and Barnesville continues this week, too. They're going to have they're gonna be at Dartmouth Wednesday, and then they return home Friday to play Falmouth, which Falmouth has actually put together a nice start to the season, 3-1. Yeah. and one. Uh, they beat Bridgewater Raynham, obviously a team that Barnstable plays twice a year to be mm-hmm. a Division One team. Beat Pembroke in the season opener, and then a win against Sturgis West. So, yeah. a bit of variance in that you know the divisions they're playing there. But yeah, you know, hey, you play the teams that are scheduled. And yeah, the lone loss was a Dartmouth. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Barnstable can do coming off you know this match against Newton North. Two days later, they got to go play another league opponent, one of the few league opponents that they do have. Yeah, right. For This might be the last year that league even exists. So. Yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Yeah, <laughs> so but we'll I, see. I think this year it's actually going to happen. I, um, I think the ACL and the old right. calling league are going to dissolve after this year finally. Right. But, uh, so um, turning over to football, I right. think we should get yeah. into this week's matchup. Mm-hmm. So we are going to see the start of uh, league play in a number of games We've got uh, Nosset at DY on Friday. That's an Atlantic Coast League game. That's at 6. And we have Marshfield at Falmouth at 7 on Friday night. And we have Cathedral at St. John Paul, well, versus St. John Paul at Mass Maritime Academy. That's mm-hmm. also Friday night. That's the Catholic Central Small uh, uh, Conference. And then on Saturday, we're going to see the start of the Mayflower Athletic play when Cape Tech is at Old Colony. Upper Cape is at South Shore Vogue. 
and Nantucket is at uh, Holbrook Avon. So a lot of big league games uh, this uh, week. Anything really jump out to you? Uh, well, I, I certainly think that Marshall Falmouth is going to be a great showdown. And I think really we talked about measuring sticks and volleyball. Mm-hmm. This is really Falmouth's big test. I mean, they had some extra time to prepare, and I think they kind of needed that extra time to, oh, yeah. to, to get healthy, get right. You know, you did a feature on Kyle Cardoza. Obviously, he's really fired up for this season. He's been Definitely. a great, you know, pass rusher and, and obviously can catch the ball to him. Catcher, the side of the puncher. Ball. I mean, does a little bit of everything <laughs> for them. Um, so, obviously, he's he's going to be ready to go. And I, I think that 57-6 to 6 final, that Marshall final last year, was uh, been throbbing at foul with a little bit. And they've wanted another chance to prove that, hey, that's not the team we are. We're the team that's going to, you know, keep coming at you and, until you back off. So. Definitely. And I I... I have to wonder if Marshfield is just maybe also a little bit down this year. I mean, you know, last year they, they got rid of Lou Silva, who had been their coach for 37 years mm-hmm. and had unqualified run of success with the Rams for, during that time. But in their first two games this year, they've been outscored 65-13, and the two touchdowns they scored were in, like, the fourth quarter of a game that Whitman Hansen had probably already taken right. out most of their starters. Mm-hmm. So... It seems like, you know, Marshall's played some tough teams. They played Women Hanson and then I think BC High. Right. Both good teams. But 65-13 is pretty lopsided so far. So might be that this ACL is kind of like up in the air this year. You know, I think there's three big games that are going to decide it. There's this one. DY is at Falmouth on October 5th. Mm-hmm. And then DY is at Marshfield on October 12th. And I think those right. three games will decide who wins the conference this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, I definitely wouldn't expect a thrashing this year, but there's still plenty of question marks with Falmouth, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kyle you can Connelly. make sure your quarterback is healthy. I mean, <laughs> again, that extra week is obviously helpful, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Almeida, you know, he's a competitor. I'm sure he wasn't necessarily happy about having a bye week there because they kind of had that vacancy, that week two vacancy. Right. Sandwich had that issue, yep. too. But at the same time, you know, Jake Murphy <laughs> impressed. You know, he was able to step in um, in that counts. game. Yeah. Um, Cam Roll, we talked about him last week as well. So Falma kind of, certainly has, you know, that next man up mentality, which yeah. is important no matter what happens. But uh, definitely your play, their playmakers are going to have to step up in this game, and they'll be excited. And if I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, will this be the the last last first home game at Gulf Fuller Field for Falmouth? Are they going to play there next year as well, too, with that turf coming in? I don't know what's going on with that. Right, yeah. um, that's, I, I'm not sure what the construction I mean, timeline is for that. That error is coming to an end, and I, I don't know if that has much to do with the football game necessarily, but it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a unique I, atmosphere there, and I think they're, they're going to be fired up for their first home game of the year. And I'm sure, I'm sure they'll there, be yeah. fired up for their first home game of the year. Um, you know, I think... I think there's a lot of reasons why they want to put up a, a new field and get away from Fuller, uh, which, you know, their end zone is in the dirt infield there. <laughs> you know, I think with Falmouth, the goal, the Clippers can't start slowly. Right. You know, they didn't trail Marshfield at any point when they beat him in overtime in 2016. Mm-hmm. And, but against Fian two weeks ago, they fell behind 16 0, and then they right. had to come back in the third quarter and the fourth. If they can get a lead, if they cannot get overwhelmed early, I think they got a real chance to win this game. But if they fall behind 21 nothing or something, then they may be in trouble. Yeah, and it's such a small sample size, too. Also I mean, true. We'll see. And we mentioned Fiat. I mean, it's a smaller school, obviously, the Marshfield. But, again, you know, it's just a story in the Herald today about, you know, not only was it Christian Fourier's kid, Teddy Brewski's kid also playing there as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that alone puts them over the top, but those are some talented guys that Most we're going likely, up against. Most likely, yeah. <laughs> so, again, uh, 
that that's going to be a great matchup, and I think that'll give us a better look of how the ACL is going to shape up. Um, turning over real quickly to DY, which bounced back last week yep. and went over Auburn in the top cop game. You were there. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly an emotional game, to say the least. Yep. But really, uh, Peyton Doyle kind of t- took this one and said, boys, get on my back. I'll, I'll drive you to yeah, the he, promised land here. <laughs> you know, between, you know, he threw for 288 yards and two right. touchdowns, and he ran for 137 and four touchdowns. Right. I mean, this was his best game by far as right. a quarterback uh, for D.Y. So that was really nice to see. He definitely looked more comfortable and in sync with his receivers and his line than he did the week before against Barnstable. You know, one thing I think they did differently is, so in week one, they tried to use Darian Thompson at running back, and that didn't really work mm. at all. He did not get any touches as, you know, no carries as a running back this uh, this week. It was all either Doyle running it himself, or they went to Jeffrey Jamiel or Jaquan Phillips, mm-hmm. who both had more success in that role. So I don't know what they're going to do moving forward because, Jeffrey Jamiel is still the best as a receiver, and mm-hmm. Jaquan Phillips also had a great receiving game this year. He had, uh, this week he had, I think, 104 receiving yards or something like that. Right. So they need somebody who can get those carries, but those guys seem to be better options at running back than Thompson was. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's one thing, you know, it's only two games in, but certainly when you look at a team like this, you can't have Doyle being necessarily your best running back too because you need to keep your quarterback healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. DUI is going to go far this year. They need Doyle to be upright. That's not saying they can't run the ball with quarterback draws or you know different different sort of plays like that, but certainly I think they need to find somebody else in that role. And I, I'm thinking you know, Phillips can be that guy yeah. if they can get him the right number of touches because, again, I think you want Jamie split out wide as I well as so Thompson. Too. Um, Phillips may also be the tallest, yeah. and you generally want a slightly larger yeah. guy as your running back. You don't see a lot of you know, right. plus running backs in high school football. You yeah. know, so we'll see what happens there. But I mean, Nas, it's, the game plan is pretty simple. You don't let Peyton Doyle beat you. You make somebody else beat you. And right. I think they they go about that in two ways. You know, Mac Labarge, a guy we mentioned a lot on offense, a lot mm-hmm. big, solid um, runner. You know, he's going to be key for the Nas defense as well. It's got to control the line. You know, on offense, they got to control the line of scrimmage and eat up the clock. I mean, that's a given. Keep that DY offense off the field yeah. for as long as you can. But I think on defense, they got to get pressure on Doyle. You know, mm-hmm. make him get rid of the football. You know, give it to somebody else or just make him throw it away. And yeah. I think Nasset in some way has the ability to do that. You know, if they, if they can, you know, time blitzes correctly. And, um, and just that's the problem with DY is that they have so many playmakers that you got to get to them quickly or else yeah. they're going to burn you badly. With yeah. guys like even Michael Gurney's a guy we didn't mention had a nice game against Auburn last week. Yeah, he did. Um, <clears throat> I think the the risk is always going to be you want You have to test DY's offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know that's what Barnstable did. That's how they beat him was by right. just overwhelming that line, breaking through, and hurrying everything faster than DY was ready. If Nossett can't match that, then I don't. I don't know that right. they have a chance. I like, you know, Bobby Joy played very well last week. Mm-hmm. He had another um, three touchdowns. Uh, so, and he's really taken that big step forward that I was hoping he would take this year. I don't know if I'm ready to put DY and Nossett at the same no, level yet. Definitely I, I, not. <laughs> I think this is a game DY should very much be able sure, to win. Totally. And I'm just talking about certain keys to the game here. Yeah. I, I think DY is obviously well favored and is the reason why they've won the last 15, I think, Thanksgiving matchups when these Something two teams like play. That, yeah. I, I don't know if the regular season stands the same, but I'm sure it's a no, but it's solid been a, DY. Yeah, it's been 
like five years or six years yeah. since Nasset last beat DY in any in any setting. Um, I think the only other key for Nasset is getting wide share Tate Sidewan up in in the yeah. in the open field because obviously DY is going to key on him. He's their mm-hmm. best playmaker on offense, I think. And if you can find creative, if Nasset can find creative ways to get him the ball, I think maybe they have a chance to again kind of maybe grind down DY. And all it takes is really a few scoring drives to get a favored team back on their heels. So sure. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, another team we want to talk about certainly hasn't backed down so far is the Bourne uh, yeah, football Bourne's... team. What a team I think they've really been building this year with their senior class, and it obviously starts with their quarterback, James Cahoon. Absolutely. Um, when they, and, they, and what's interesting is, you know, we say they were building up to it, but this year they decided to go to more of a spread offense, that kind of that four mm-hmm. wide, you know, one running back. They have multiple running backs. Just, you know, Josh Gonzalez in the background has been their leader, but – um, when you look at guys like Spencer Rose who have stepped in, not just an offensive player, but a two-way player too. He had a not only a touchdown catch, but a pick six right. in, in last week's game against Wareham. Uh, this is a team I got to see in week one, and you know, so far so good with uh, with what we've seen. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, the last time Bourne was uh, 2-0 to start a season was 2011. Mm-hmm. They won an Eastern Mass Super Bowl that year. Is it too early to like make comparisons? <laughs> 100%. Yes. <laughs> One, like 100%. But this does seem like maybe the best team Bourne has had since that year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had years where they haven't won two games or where right. they've only won two games and they're 2-0. You know, Cahoon had two touchdown uh, passes last week. Spencer Rose had a pick six. Sean McDonough had a pick six and a touchdown catch. You know, we're in the South Coast Conference portion of the schedule now mm-hmm. with Case. You know, they beat Wareham, which was, I'm sure, a confidence builder for them. We talked about how Wareham is pretty down this year, mm-hmm. and, and I think that was evident. Expected, yeah. <laughs> yeah, evident in week two. Um, you know, Case is... The thing with Case is going to be Bourne has got to find a way to beat their defense, which so far has only given up one touchdown. Case's offense ha- was not nearly as strong in week two as against Diamond as they were against Bristol Plymouth in week one. So if they can crack the defense, I, th- I think this is another game Bourne could definitely win. Yeah, I mean, it's all going to come down to the linemen. I mean, in, in week one, they were just dominant against Upper Cape, you know, especially mm-hmm. on, it was more on the defensive side. They were a little more disruptive, but they definitely have the ability to make plays. And I think the thing was with Bourne, and at least this is just from my week one observations, I think they maybe been holding a little bit back of that new offense, maybe not showing all their cards yet. Yeah. And I think this week, as you enter South Coast Conference play, I think you start to open it up a little bit more. Because like I said, when Bourne was moving the ball best, Mm-hmm. They were going with quick hitters with a no huddle, just plays that kind of move you gradually down the field. Mm-hmm. Don't allow the defense a chance to sub. And I think that's going to be an effective strategy against a good defense. You don't let them, you know, get guys in and out. You, you make them stay on the field. You exhaust them. And that grinds a team down after a while. I think it also, they may just, you know, be in the stages of implementing this newer True. offense. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you can't throw everything at kids in preseason, especially this preseason when mm-hmm. it was so hot and there were cancellations and delays and changes to schedule and, and scrimmages that didn't happen. Right. You know, this summer would have been very hard to teach a whole new system, so maybe they're just putting it in in pieces, and each right. week they do a little bit more. I mean, high school teams do that all the time. Yeah, and, and Cahoon isn't a guy who has to throw you know 65-yard bombs down the field. You mm-hmm. know, He throws his receivers, and the receivers make plays. You know, yeah. Yards after carry, that's something we've seen with teams like D.Y., you know, before in the past. Yeah. Just get it to them in open space and let them make plays. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. That game is um, 
sorry, I lost the That's at 7 that p.m. Friday night. And that's, that's at Case, which Case is in uh, Swansea, I think. Yes. Um, so there are a couple other conference games going on um, that we'll touch on maybe a little more quickly. Uh, the start of, as I said, Catholic uh, Central small um, play is Cathedral uh, versus St. John Paul at Mass Maritime on Friday at 7. So these were the top two teams in uh, that conference last year. I'm not sure that's the case this year. I feel like mm-hmm. St. John Paul definitely is in the mix to win it again and is maybe the best team in that conference. They've looked real solid so far. But Cathedral has only scored six points through its first two games. They got crushed by Brighton 40 to nothing last week. That's not necessarily indicator an indicator of anything. Brighton is a really good program. But for now, it seems like maybe St. Joseph Matinon is the team that could give the Lions uh, uh, more of a challenge than uh, Cathedral, the Panthers can. You know, Mike Satkovich, to talk about what you were just saying about uh, Cahoon being able to find receivers and they make plays, I think St. John Paul's got a similar situation going on with Satkovich finding his receivers, and they are also being able to make plays in open in open space. Yeah, I mean... I th- I think St. John Paul, if if one thing this week, they could probably try to get their running game going a little yeah. bit more. You know, not necessarily reliant on the pass and you know, big run. Um, oh, the guy's name is Darren Katz. Darren Katz had yeah, the winning running sandwich. sandwich in that one. So I would expect a big game out of him uh, on the turf. You know, he can you know get get a little more speed on mm-hmm. there and stuff like that. Sometimes even a little bit harder to tackle. You know, on that turf field in terms of you know setting your feet and stuff like that. So. Uh, we'll we'll see how this game goes, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions win this one by a couple scores, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then on Saturday we've got Nantucket at Holbrook Haven at one thirty p.m. Nantucket's had a hard start to this season. I mean, they mm-hmm. did not skimp on who they picked for their pre uh, for their pre conference portion of their schedule. They played Mashby, which I know you thought they might be able to win. I I was pretty sure the Falcons would win, and then. They had Cohasset uh, in week two. Cohasset is a very good team this year. Uh, the South Shore League is shaping up to be a really tough conference, so Mashpee mm-hmm. is going to have a, a tough run of things when they get in there, I think. But So Nantucket, you know, they're 0-2. And I know they've had some injury issues where not everybody's been healthy or available right away. Um, but what's surprising to me is that the Whalers' defense is giving up 32.5 points per game. Mm -hmm. And when they were winning four straight Mayflower Athletic Conference titles over the last four years, defense was one of their hallmarks. So that's really surprising to me. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a small sample size, too. And when we compare and contrast the years, I mean, Nantucket, you know, I think last year started off with a little bit smaller division opponents, too, Mm -hmm. you know. And they were playing the modern ways of the world, winning those games like 50-7. to Sure. You know what I mean? It, it, it's a little bit different, and like you said, they certainly didn't have a, a great draw to start things. But, you know, they had a shot to win that game against Cohasset. There's yeah, no doubt did. about it. I mean, they went for two and tried to go for the lead. They didn't get it. Um, and then they got kind of a weird play to end the game. You know, that fourth and inches um, kind of, I think, in Cohasset territory. And I guess the, this is according to the Inky Mirror who's covering the game, is that there was a whistle that was blown on a snap. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being a live ball, and Nantucket didn't convert, and that was it right there. So, huh. again, the Whalers had their chances at, at the end. They just they just couldn't convert. And, I, again, this should be a winnable game, I think, for them. Avon oh, yeah. Holbrook, uh, a good chance to bounce back because they need this one or else I think pretty much say goodbye to their playoff chances. Yeah, if they can't win this, they're really in trouble. But this I think they should, they should handle. Right. Holbrook-Avon, I mean, they beat – 
Atlanta's charter six nothing in overtime. Right. Atlanta's charter. To put that in context, they lost fifty-five to nothing to right. Martha's Vineyard last week. I just, I if Holbrook Avon is like right about as good as Atlanta's charter, Nantucket should be fine. Yeah, I mean they have Terrain Burton back. He had two uh, touchdown runs last week. Nate Gamaroni had two. I think twenty-eight points. If they can just do that again, they'll. Yeah. they'll Nantucket's, win this game. Nantucket's just decided to look like itself. I think this weekend. And, yeah, you know, we'll, I think we'll see that manifest. Sure. A couple other games I want to run through real quickly. So again, Monomoy at Blue Hills. That's a four p.m. start yep. Friday. A little bit of a matinee there for mm-hmm. for you early football fans. Um, it'll be a nice bounce back opportunity. I think for Monomoy, you know, they they kind of scheduled up and played Nosset. Nosset got the better of them, to say the least. Yep. Um, but Blue Hills, the program, I think, has gone way down since you know they were playing for the Vogue title, I think, a couple of years ago against yeah. Upper Cape. And I think numbers have been a bit of an issue for them. So I think Monomoy, I think this is a good bounce-back opportunity, and I think they should uh, should be able to bounce back with a win there. Mashpee's at Coyle Cassidy. That's a 6 p.m. start uh, Friday. You know, um, you know, I think Mashpee will be a little tested this week, at least compared to the first two weeks. You know, Coyle's a defense. They've got two straight shutouts to start the year. Yeah. Albeit those were against Carver Sacred Heart and Bliss... Bristol. Bristol, Plymouth. I yeah. can't say that one for some reason. Um, two, you know, smaller division opponents. So I think Mashpee will win this one and, you know, set up a nice showdown with Abington in week four. But, you know, so far we've been really impressed with quarterback Ian Miller's be able to, ability to run the offense in his first year. You know, Devon Forward will obviously do his thing. Xavier Gonsalves, same thing really on offense. Yeah, Cameron, Kurgo, you know, is also can All the playmakers have yeah, made I mean, plays. The people we thought would play well would play well. You know, I was real impressed with Nick Bartolome last week. Right. I think he had 11 tackles and played real well on the defensive side. Again, South Hadley is not the hardest opponent they're going to see this year at all. Uh, may may turn out to that may turn out to be the least competitive of all totally. their opponents. I mean, once they get into South Shore League, I mean, mm-hmm. these games are going to get tough. But right. Coyle Cassidy is another big challenge for them. But I, at this point, I'm gonna I'm picking Mashby to win. <laughs> Until the playoffs, I'm picking them to win everything. And, and by right. that point, I may be picking them to win the whole thing. Right. Um, they've certainly done nothing to tell me that they can't win it all again this right. year. You know, Martha's Vineyard is at West Bridgewater. That's at 6.30 p.m. on Friday. Um, that, you know, they, I think they were maybe actually conference opponents a long time ago. But the remnants of the old, was it the Mayflower yeah, League or something like that? Yeah, or? something like that. And then uh, Bishop Stang is at Sandwich. As we said, Sandwich was off uh, last week, so... I'm sure they're happy to have an extra week to get Cam Lopes uh, healthier. He right. played in week one, but he had a cast. Hopefully he'll be a little bit closer to 100%. Yeah. Defense has got to step up in that game. Bishop Stangs scored 69 points combined in their first two games right. on offense. So Sandwich is going to have any chance. They're going to need stops. Get that defense off the field. Get the, you know your playmakers, Chapman, Lopes, mm-hmm. other guys we've mentioned in the past. Um, get them on offense, get them going, keep them on the field for as long as you can. Definitely. And then on Saturday, Barnstable's at Acton-Boxborough at one, uh, and then the two Mayflower uh, Vogue small games I mentioned, Upper Cape at South Shore Vogue at 11 a.m., and Cape Tech at Old Colony at 1 p.m. Yeah, what a win by Upper Cape, though, last week. Yeah. You know, I don't want I want to, I don't want to stop the show without uh, talking about them. You know, it's it very unfortunate, you know, with one of their players being having to be uh, med flighted. Uh, fortunately, he was okay. He was able to be. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got was out of the released hospital from the hospital this about weekend. Forty-eight hours later. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a very good sign there. Uh, certainly, you know, it's a. I guess a parent's worst nightmare when you know you can't yeah. sign up for football and that happens. But 
you know, Upper Cape was able to shake that off. You know, Coach Ken Owen said his team had a great practice the next day. Mm-hmm. We're kind of able to rally around. He actually gave me a good quote Saturday. He said, you know, they didn't rally around the injury. They rallied around his recovery and yeah, his spirit to come back and, and to win a game on the last play. Yeah. It's certainly impressive, and then to get to go for two and go for the win. Yeah, it was it certainly turned around a team that was maybe a little down after you know getting beaten pretty solidly by Bourne in the in the season opener. So definitely, you know, their quarterback Thomas uh, is it Zine or Zine? Zine, Zine yeah. yeah. So he he's had a pretty good start. To you know, he's been. I think he's had played a part in two of the three touchdowns Upper K pass so far. Something. Yeah, like he threw that. a touchdown pass on the first drive of the year. Yeah. So um, you know, and Drew Brightman, he caught the TD to set up Jazari Salim. Uh, who rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown, I think, in this Week 2 game. And then Salim ran in the two-point conversion to win it. So really nice showing for them. We'll see if they can keep building on it. You know, Upper Cape, they are still basically in the rebuilding process. They started last year when they had to replace basically all of their starters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully to see them keep taking steps forward. It would be cool if they could win a league game this year. So maybe they can get that going against South Shore Vogue, which is... Mm -hmm you know, a beatable team without a doubt. Right. So that's all we got for football. Yeah, that's um, all the football. Uh, we'll talk about soccer and maybe a little bit else real quick. Yeah, just real note real quickly, you know, these upcoming games, obviously they're subject to change, you know. We've been yeah. fortunate so far with weather conditions, but it looks like uh, that we storm Florence that hit the Carolinas is going to send some rain up our way. So yeah. there's already been, I think, Barnesville's field hockey game at, at least as we're talking now, mm-hmm. has already been postponed for tomorrow. So don't be surprised if there's more postponements. Again, we'll try to keep you as posted as possible. Um, uh, at SportsCCT on Twitter, we usually retweet schools and we make their announcements over there. So absolutely, be looking out for those. But that being said, um, in field hockey, you know, I've been waiting for this showdown for a little while. Found with that DY, yep. 4 p.m. Wednesday in field hockey. Uh, it was one nothing last year, found with in the regular season. It was DY's, I believe, their only regular season loss. Um, with before their great run in the season, something like post. The loss or was it a draw? The found with DY, yeah, yeah, found with beat DY in the regular okay, season yeah, last yeah, yeah. year, right? And um, and Toby had blocked the penalty. That's right, corner, that's right. right? The penalty shot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so found with two and zero this year. Certainly been itching for this matchup. You know, it was only they played on the fifth of September and mm-hmm. then the fourteenth. Now they got to wait all the way again until this Wednesday to play. Yep. So. They're certainly ready to step back on the field, but you know Quinn O'Rourke scored last game. She's obviously your all-star, your leader. Mm-hmm. But we saw Bridget Bedoin and Haley Hunt also score a couple other players that you know we haven't really talked about much before. Goaltender Hannah Tolby's been solid, and Michaela Castle has been a real big contributing player there with assists and whatnot. And Jack Tolino is also a player who can make plays. So DUI certainly has its hands full dealing with Falmouth's attack, but can also match with you know some yeah. firepower by itself. You know. DY's 2-0-1. They, they tied Barnstable 0-0, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. And um, Dolphins, yeah, again, can match their firepower with players like Abby Hicks, great softball player too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shelby Dunn, Lily Holmes are also, also certainly capable of putting the ball in the back of the net. Avery Nardone. Right, and then, of course, the uh, the McGaffigan uh, twin, or at least one half, Caleb McGaffigan, has yep. been pretty solid this year. So, you know, uh, the... Uh, Delana Gallagher, I, I have a lot of time with that name. I almost <laughs> said Delilah. Delana Gallagher will be in net. And, you know, really, I think what it's going to come down to is which team's going to flinch first. Yeah. You know, field hockey such a game where, even more so than like soccer, you get the first goal, you got to try really hard because the mm-hmm. defense is just going to stack back. 
and, and kind of sit on that lead for as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, in the playoffs last year when uh, D.Y. knocked out Falmouth, what I remember is, you know, D.Y. only scored once, but they didn't give up a shot on goal, right. they, not one. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they get that one and then can just kind of – what they're very good at, and I remember talking to Falmouth coach Courtney Lima after that match, what she said is D.Y.'s defense played well, but their offensive players were so good at keeping possession on the Falmouth side of the ball that the defense didn't have to play exceptionally, you right. know, because they just they didn't they weren't challenged very often. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really, I think, what the the test for uh, this game is going to be. Right, uh, and then another good test of uh, Friday Sandwich is at Falmouth. So Sandwich again has a real good opportunity there to go on the road and prove that, hey, actually, we're the team to beat in the mm-hmm. ACL. And again, it's still early with these conference games. These teams are going to get another chance at each other later yep. in the year. But I think this is a real good opportunity for Sandwich on Friday to prove what kind of team they mm-hmm. are. Because just like in girls lacrosse, you know, they, they took you know Fallon right to the wire. And, and in these field hockey games, None of these games are going to be blowouts. I'd be really surprised no. if one of these ended up being four or five nothing or something. No, like I that. think we're talking two yeah. one one zero. Oh, <laughs> Could one, even one. be a zero zero shutout. Yeah. Who knows? That's that happened. That I think two years ago when I, I think it was DY at Sandwich it was zero right. zero or one to one something like that. Mm-hmm. So again, good chance for Sandwich. And then also uh, Barnstable uses DY in a rematch on Friday as well. Yep. So certainly some good action in field hockey. Again, obviously weather pending. Hopefully that turns out for the better. Um, and then we'll hit on soccer real quickly. Uh, Monomoy at Sturgis West Girls Soccer, pretty much a rematch of the top two teams in the uh, Cape and Islands League yep. last year. Um, that game is I'm Thursday. Sorry, it's at Monomoy up. and Harwich at 4 p.m. Both teams, it's Monday morning right now, so both teams are 4-0. Monomoy has scored 19 goals and given up one. Uh, Sturgis West has scored 20 goals and given up three. So these are two very evenly matched teams on paper. For Sturgis West, uh, Emma Ball, uh, who's one of their, I think, a senior captain this year, is already playing really, really well for the Navigators. She's got three goals and two assists in four games. But the they also have a really strong freshman class. Alexa Bound has five goals and assist, and Raquel Collins has three goals and an assist. You know, this is a team that's got a nice mix of experience and, like, real intense, technically strong uh, uh, underclassmen and, and younger players. So... They are definitely a team that can can challenge Monomoy for the Cape and Islands League title. Absolutely. And, you know, they're a team I got to cover them last week against Falmouth Academy. A team just seems to enjoy themselves. They don't yeah. they don't get too high or low on any kind of pressure situations. And they did struggle a little bit against Falmouth Academy. You know, they gave up the tying goal late in the first half and had to really battle in the second half to finally get the winning goal. That came from Bell Lauer. And, um this is a matchup where I think Monomoy is still the team to beat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Sturgis West can take a big step forward if they can get through this game with at least a point. But, I mean, Monomoy is so hard to shut down when you got talented goal scorers like Abby Wallace. Mm-hmm. And obviously Kelsey Olsen, Abby Higgins, Maggie Dever. All players we talked about in the preseason have obviously done their part so far. Now, you mentioned the 19 goals. Ten of those did come against Cape Tech. Obviously that is a team true. That's, that is, so that's a little misleading. Of um, course, but at the same time, you know, th- that doesn't take away from how talented those players are. Sure. And I think on the defensive end, obviously it all starts with Josie Ganshaw in the net. You know, really young player, but man, she has some experience mm-hmm. and, and has really been a key reason why Monomoy has made a lot of runs or has made, made a run last year and can possibly make an even farther run this year. So we'll see how that goes. But again, you know, 
Surges West defense was pretty solid. I mean, they didn't in the second half of that Falmouth Academy game. That ball was in the Falmouth Academy and maybe once, but they mm-hmm. were all excuse me, they were only really on defending on their own side once. Mm-hmm. The rest of the game was obviously attacking the Falmouth Academy net. So, and the one goal they allowed was just on a lost mark. So they can't allow that to happen against Monomoy. I think they'll be able to correct that. So we'll see what happens. So again, that's Thursday's matchup uh, at Monomoy. Cool. So, and then real quickly, I got to make a note on the Nasset boys because, man, they just when we think that they maybe they'll take a step back, they just keep being more impressive than last year. Mm-hmm. A 2 nothing shutout win at New Bedford, a team they lost to in the Nasset class in yep. the regulars in the preseason. And then they, they go around Monomoy. That's not a surprise, but still yeah. have not allowed a goal. You know, 26 to 0 is their goals for versus goal against. Mm-hmm. And big credit to Henry Watson for stepping in in the beginning of the year. For goalie Jack Avalar, who was out yep. with a head injury, just been outstanding <laughs> to not even flinch really once at all and, sure. and be I able they to step gave in. Two on. goals in their opener. No, okay. No, not causing a lot of goals. Okay, I believe so. Right? I mean, unless we had it wrong in our standings. I don't Is know. We'll check it later. But they're still outscoring everybody. They're playing extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. yeah, so yeah, Nasset hosts Plymouth South on Wednesday, and then they open ACL play against Marshfield at noon. Saturday, so good good chance for NASA to keep things rolling there. Yeah, I mean, they've steamrolled the ACL. I mean, they've, they've just been the undisputed masters of it for a really long time. So, you know, I I, I don't expect that to really change. I, I think Sandwich is probably the team, although we haven't seen Marshfield yet, that probably is going to give them the biggest challenge. You know, DY, I don't know about. And Falmouth, I think, is maybe a little bit down this year compared with being pretty strong the last couple of years. Uh, so yeah, sorry. Correction on that. So I was looking at uh, Nantucket. Actually, is off to a great start. Four zero. They haven't allowed a goal yet. Okay. Nasset has allowed two goals. Point still stands on Watson, though. It's been a great job filling in. Absolutely. And um, the offense guys like Avery Santoro stepping in and and doing a great job for for the Warriors. So cool. My fault on that, guys. <laughs> Not perfect on the show, but nobody is. We like to correct ourselves on things like that. So. We're just trying to avoid getting tweeted at angry. Yeah, exactly. In about so. 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think that'll just about wrap yeah, it up do it. for episode four. Um, again, if, if you didn't catch the show live, you can catch it on capecottimes.com slash capesportsnow. Um, you can also follow us for updates on Twitter. Our Cape Cod Times sports account is at sportsct. But you can also find me on Twitter at, at Steve underscore Dardarian. My last name's D-E-R. D-E-R-I-A-N. And I'm at, at Matt Goisman, C-C-T, M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. Enjoy the games this week. Stay dry. <coughs> Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.